We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by ElisaElana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. He's a world-class drummer, composer, and band leader of Brian Blade and the Fellowship Band. Brian Blade has worked with greats such as Wayne Shorter, Bob Dylan, and Joni Mitchell. His fourth album, Landmarks on Blue Note Records, is the kind of album that takes you on a journey, makes you feel smarter, more artistic, more in touch, and connected to life. And he's here to tell you about his musical journey. Landmarks and Fellowship, he's gonna take you on a trip. An artist in every way, today we've got Brian Blade. Welcome to the show, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, what a welcome. <laughs> ah, great to have you with us, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, most of the album Landmarks was recorded in your brother's studio, and it features songs kind of about people in your life. So talk about the inspiration for Landmarks. Well, I guess the primary inspiration has been you know, recent experience and long-term memory of, uh, of not only where I was raised, in Shreveport, Louisiana, and in the Arklatex region, mm-hmm. but also the the birth of nieces and uh, my brother opening his studio here in, in Shreveport and uh-huh. all of us finding ourselves and the families, and my wife's family and, and my brother and his family uh, back in Shreveport with our folks and, you know, closer to the uh, early years, mm-hmm. uh, kind of coming back full circle. So mm-hmm. the record, I guess, speaks to that, you know, things we... We saw along the way things that we're still seeing and, and trying to uh, take it into our own lives and, and understand. You know, being in the middle of this amazing career, what made you and your brother, who's also in the music industry, what do you think made you go back to Shreveport and want to settle there? Uh, I think the root of it is family. And, uh, you know, I'm in my 40s now and mm-hmm. with my folks in their 70s and uh, that annual visit at Christmas time just wasn't cutting it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew eventually I would come back home, but since I was 17, I've been drifting in, in school and on the road and traveling since I was married three years ago to my high school sweetheart. And she's from Bossier City, which is across the Red River. Okay. <laughs> You know, it just made sense at this time for both our families, and sort of a lot of restoration has come from this return home. Yeah. You're a jazz drummer, but you've also done this singer-songwriter thing. When you wrote this album, do you approach the songwriting more from a singer-songwriter viewpoint or from a jazz musician viewpoint? Well, I try not to um, place any sort of a banner above like uh, in terms of genre okay. over songs mm-hmm. uh, it, it, because the songwriting process it's it's a mystery to me <laughs> I, I rely so much on like i say these experiences and memory uh-huh. but also just thankful for the gift that okay uh, something's coming uh, you know some right. idea whether it be lyrical or or just a harmonic idea rhythmic idea and i follow that initial spark and where it takes me i'm never certain i i, I don't know where it's going to end up if if it has a line a lyrical line attached to it uh-huh. it may very well become a mama rosa piece of music okay. Okay. that sings like on guitar but then sometimes they end up just being these instrumental landscapes and and they sort of land in the fellowship band 
world. Yes, I just want to say for the listener, the Mama Rosa is your singer-songwriter project. Oh, right, right. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Ned, do you ever start with lyrics and then it ends up in instrumental or vice versa? Absolutely. Okay. It, it has happened both ways. So it's okay. funny uh, trying to know what truly the song is, but uh-huh. it usually uh, it usually tells me as it's as okay. it's unfolding. It's like okay, there's more more words that are coming. So okay, it's going to it's turning into this story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a point at the song where you know okay, this is now an instrumental? It's hard to say at what point that does happen. Okay. But usually the guys in the fellowship band, John Coward on piano, Martin Walden on alto and bass clarinet, Melvin Butler on tenor and soprano, and Chris Thomas on bass, I'm usually hearing them carrying these melodies. Okay. And so you hear the way they would play their instruments? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I hear their voices. Okay. And so that, you know, it takes me into, uh, you know, fellowship band mode. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh Well, if you're just joining us here on the Mulberry Lane Show, we're talking with Brian Blade. He's a well-known drummer who has performed and recorded with Bob Dylan, Wayne Shorter, Joni Mitchell, Nora Jones, and many others. And he has a new album out with his fellowship band called Landmarks. So now you also have gospel influences, too. Right. I started playing when I was 13 uh, in church, my father's church, where he's been pastor now for 53 years. Wow. Um, Mm. Really, I guess I, I've become known as a jazz drummer, but I'd almost prefer that people call me a gospel drummer. Right. <laughs> okay. uh-huh. or, or, just, or just a drummer, you know. Right. I, you know, it, the, uh, the bedrock on which everything stands really comes from my upbringing in church okay. and how I learned in that environment of music being praise. And okay. no matter where I play, you know, a club or a concert hall, it's still that. All okay. the time. Okay. So, so, do you ever find the jazz drummer in you fighting with the gospel drummer in you, fighting with the singer songwriter, or are they all one? I, I feel like they're all one. Okay. I, I don't have uh, too much of a conflict when it comes to uh, to knowing, you know, once a song kind of tells me, well, this is a Mama Rosa song, that puts me on the guitar and singing words, mm-hmm. as opposed to composing something for the fellowship band uh, because I write on guitar. Okay. Then, when I bring this piece of music to the band, I have to then sit at the drums and come up with my part for this piece of music that this guy has put in front of us. Okay. You know, this other guy who wrote it on guitar. So it's interesting. I get a whole new objective point of view Uh and uh, a fresh perspective as the drummer in the band. Uh Yes. Now, talk about recording this album. How do you set up the studio? How do you arrange things in the studio for recording? Well, my brother's place, there there are multiple rooms, like one large room and sort of um, hexagonally uh, positioned around that main room behind sliding glass doors there, I guess isolation booths, for lack of a better description. So Myron and Melvin, the saxophonists, would be in one of those rooms. And then I would be in another room, which which is how we were set up. And then for the main room, John on the piano and Chris on the bass and Marvin Sewell or Jeff Parker on the guitar. So it almost has an orchestral visualization of, okay, the string section's out here. 
Okay. And then back here behind the orchestra, you have the percussion. Mm -hmm. And then over here to the left, you know, the woodwinds, you know. <laughs> so right. it, it kind of gives us that. We want everything to sound as one thing. Right. Uh -huh. But we also want the clarity to come. Of each uh, instrument. The, yeah. Yeah, to the tape as well. So it seems to work out for us. And then do you play it from top to bottom? Always. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Trying for the collective uh, victory, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you use the whole take or oh, do you yeah. piece together? Yeah. I mean, 99% of the time we, we're, we're using the entirety of what wow. we, you know, the, the rendering of, of this piece of music. Okay. That's amazing. I mean, amazing. there are times, yeah, well, I, I guess there have been times when we'll do multiple takes of the song mm -hmm. and... Wow, that first take, we never got the introduction as good. Right. But then the body of the second take was... So there are times that we might edit those together. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to that because okay. I want the end result to be the best telling, the best read on the song as we can achieve. Right. But for this record, not to do that, thankfully. Um, a lot of surprises happen in the studio, which particularly certain improvisations... And you go with it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then it starts to reveal itself in the process. It's like, oh, okay, this, this is an introduction to this song. Okay. Say, for instance, what happened with state lines and architects. Mm -hmm. They stand on their own, hopefully, but, but in a way, to me, they, they have a, a, a connection. To the next song. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. mm -hmm. A peek into the musical mind of drummer Brian Blade. We'll have more with Brian right after this, where he chats about what he learned from Bob Dylan. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show for more of an inside look at the creative process behind the music. Here's a song off the new album called He Died Fighting. 